0: No, just it on. Yeah? Uh, page the second part five and ninety eight. Page five ninety eight. 598 or 599, you know, the gravity of prohibition against anger. You know, anger is a uh, problem which we all share. And, uh, that, you know, the smigdish was of and Hara, of speaking gossip, and anger, and anger is one of these things which is, I always tell people, anger is something that people shoot in the wrong direction. And the proof to this is, you see by the brothers of Yosef. One of the reasons the brothers of Yosef were angry at Yosef, one of the reasons the brothers were angry at Yosef says in the parsha, was because they saw the father liked Yosef more than them. The brothers of Yosef saw the father likes him. That's one of the reasons they were angry with him. Now really, who should you really be angry with? Your father. If a father has a pet, or you know, you normally should be very angry at the teacher or the father can't be angry with your father you can't be angry with your father let it out on your brothers see anger is very very often amongst people misdirected in the wrong place so Rabbi Nachman says like this a very 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 powerful thing he says the soul comes from an exalted place it comes to the the nefesh see there's an neshoma and a ruach and the nefesh the nefesh is right after the body comes the nefesh One, the, the soul is divided into three sometimes into four but right from the body the next level is the nefesh the nefesh Bahamius that nefesh comes from a very holy place by a Jewish person he says the very same place from which money descends and comes into being imagine the same the nefesh comes from the same roots where money comes go because you know you know that money is an incredible miracle, which we don't think about and appreciate. Imagine when the bar system was working, you know, I would make shoes and then I would go to the you know, that's all I could do is make shoes. And I want to buy bread, I go to the bakery. He doesn't need shoes today. How am I gonna buy bread? So the Khadis of us brings a message Chazal, that Hashem made a miracle. In the creation, the concept of money. I am, you know, I'm not. A, have a very little educated period in the secular world. I ask people who are educated, can you tell me how the monetary system works? And they cannot explain it to me. How it works, the dollars, and what is the back on it? How does exactly do? You know, what uh, what makes it a dollar? The dollar, and why the dollar goes up, and why the dollar goes down? I, I'm just saying it is a complicated issue. It is a miracle. But the, the, the Renachman says that this source <coughs> where the money comes in Shemaim comes from the same place as your nefesh comes, part of your soul comes. From the original place in which you descend, money is pure holiness and holy influx and especially bounty. It really, when the money comes, comes from a very holy place. Except when the money comes down it, the, the Shefa, you know, everything that becomes in this world has like a, a direct, you know, a light, a spiritual light that comes and again, well, money, people use money for the wrong thing. You know, the, the, the last week's Pasha, we just read, one of the famous questions is, why the maraglam, the spies, did such a terrible turnabout? They were tzaddikim. They left... What's his name? Es um, tzaddikim. Once they came into saw so the way back they became wicked. And the story of the spies, and it's repeated this week in the Pasha. Many learn because their whole intention, in the beginning was the wrong intention. We want to go and see where the money is hidden. They were not going as spies, you know. If you, if you, have, if you have a turn of motive, you want the money, then that's not such a good idea. See, when your focus is the money itself, money is needed in the world. But if your whole focus is money, money could become an idol. Because what you then start believing that money is the answer to all problems. Shlomo Melech says, the foolish person says, Kesev yana es money is the answer to all my problems, which is so foolish. But there are people who say, if only... Oh, then everything, uh, you know, then everything would be okay, if only. So, But what he's saying over here, that when money, it comes from a holy place. It does, and it comes from the same place as the nephesh comes, the soul comes. When it comes down, the nephesh and the money in this world, if a person would abuse the money, he shouldn't be focused on the money. We need money. That's what it is. But he's going to say a very profound thing. Only subsequent, down below, does the money take in a physical form, actually becomes money. The identification between money and the soul is reflected in the Torah discussion about the money for a day laborer. For this money, he gives over his soul. He brings a, sh- a posse, which the Zoe says ki, that the soul is connected to the money. But the Torah says, do not hold back the money that you owe, so on. You know, you owe the guy money for his work, day-laborer. His nefesh is sort of is looking for that, uh, his soul is looking for the money. The money in the soul is sort of connected in that way. So he says, this is why the soul craves money, because the soul comes from the same place that money comes from. However, a person must not crave money itself, as already explained regarding the understanding of the ve- uh, uh, device Because what happens to people, when money becomes their focus of their life, life is, is ruined. There are people who everything, they work hard, and they, all they are preoccupied with is the money. And they, they, they cheat because there are people gotta have the money. And the right way, the wrong way, they gotta have it. And it also corrupts them and also, you know loses the focus what, what it is to daven to learn and to do the right things there are people who are just or continuous money hungry and it's also brings the lack of faith because when you're so preoccupied with money you forget that the a bunch the world people always are hungry for the money forget that the a your health and your friendship and your shalom bias and your children doesn't depend on money. That depends on the Rebbeinu and even money the Rebbeinu gives. So what he's saying, that truthfully, money comes from a very high place, and it's a miracle. The concept of money. That's how we exchange things in this world. Like I said, how you know a doctor? Imagine your doctor wants to charge you for something. One guy will bring him shoes. Well, I have enough shoes already. A guy's going to bring him, you know, a table. I don't need table. He's a so the made that we all sort of want the green dollar or uh, the euro dollar, I call it what you want. But the point is there is such a concept. But the person, when it comes down, he shouldn't, his life's focus shouldn't be everything money, money. But the nefesh, since it comes from the same source of money, it feels very close and it desires it very much. Then he says. <clears throat> Then he says a very frightening thing. Number, pay, number 599, number two. Know that in the fitting that all Jews should have money. Really, every Jewish person should have money. However, there's one character trait that wastes and causes people to lose their money. The evil trait is the trait of anger. Anger makes a person lose his money. Now, in, this is an abridged version, and insider Mahven has a long k- Kabbalistic explanation. That's why he doesn't want to bring it down, but I want to explain a little bit how we could understand it. What does anger have to do with money? You know, a person's name is not just a name. You know, like, let's take Avram. Avram, his father was an Idol worship, and he called his name Avram. So the Gashem says, I'm going to add a hate to it. Till now, you're the father of Ram, Avram, and now you're going to be the father of Avraham of all the nations. You know, I, 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 it is fascinating that Avram is the father of all nations. The Muslims and the Christians and the Catholic believe, you know, they all have Avram, exactly as Hashem told Avram. But first he was called Avram, and then he was called Avroham. So I mean, who gave him the name Avram? His father, Terech, he was an idol worshiper. When you give, when you get a name, the Zoe says, the name comes to the parents, and they think, they argue, and they think, and really Hashem put in their thoughts what name to give them. So this, that's what it meant. Hashem the gave them their mind. So when you have your name, it could be after your grandfather. It could be after a neighbor. It could be it was nice sounding. And your wife and your mother liked the name. So they decided to give them. It's no. It is you and your name is one. Nefesh Chaya. Who Shemoi, the says. It's not just. See, everyone needs a name. Why? Because if I want to talk to someone, I want to call him. got to call him by his name. Imagine everyone's going to be called Moshe. You know, there are places in Chabad, in Satmar. Everyone's called Menachem Mendel and everyone's called Yoelish in Satmar. You know, when the rabbi talks to the children in class, he can't call Yoel or he can't call Menachem Mendel. you know, I teach in Chabad in, the high, in high school and I say Menachem Mendel, half the class or three quarters of the class and we'll speak up. It defeats the whole purpose of a name. People don't realize that. A name was made simply, I should be put the address. But you know what I mean? The name also the person carrying the name carries the Drabhanishna makes it that you and the name. It could have the same two people the same name. For this name, the tsiruf. The tsiruf means how the name is put together is one thing for the person is another thing. When a, per, the, the, when a person gets angry. Very angry, what happens to the name, it happens to his soul, it rips the soul, anger. Because anger, there's a clipper, a koyuch of anger, which literally rests on the name, sort of to say, and it causes a person to lose his money. So anger is a very, very troubling thing. One of the things is, and it's very difficult to stay away from anger. We all know that. We all have told ourselves, we're not going to be angry, and we do. But a person has to work on it, and to be calm, and try not to be angry. At the least, I always say, Moshe Rabbein, also got angry. Why do you need more than that? You know, can't tell a person, you're not allowed to be angry. You know, you're angry, angry. You have to calm yourself down. You know, everything's bashed. The more you live this way, because the anger, Reb Nachman says, causes... Your name to have, he he explains a deep Kabbalah, but the name of your name that you have has effect, anger, and that affects the money what's supposed to be coming to you. And that's why he he does say that even a person who's going to try not to be angry because he wants money, the Itzahara is going to get us to be angry. Because you know what? It's very interesting. The Itzahara wants us to be a workaholic one way, and the other way he wants you not to have money. Because if you don't have money, then you're gonna preoccupied making money, not learning and not davening. And you know, he's a very shrewd guy. I always tell people that it's hard to went to military school, we didn't. He's a very shrewd guy. Well, Kapanen, that's why the anger is, is, not anger, is really a tough thing, and it's a very devastating thing. I always say in shul that, you know, sometimes we do something wrong, and you know, we feel terrible, but it tastes good. I was once sitting once in shul, and two young guys, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sitting in the back of the shul, and a guy says to him, You know, that potato chip bag, that's not kosher. He says, Wait, it's lace potato chip. You notice it doesn't have an OU. There is no OU. Do you know why? It has cheese in it. He says, I was wondering why it tastes so good. It really tastes good. Now, the guy realized now he ate the wrong potato chips. And uh, has cheese in it, and it's not kosher, and it doesn't have OU. But he says, you know, it really tasted so good. The guy gets angry after he calms down. No one says, you know, I shouldn't have gotten anger. It tasted really good. You know, I really had a good fight, and I vented my anger. No one, your whole chemical in your body, everything changes. No one, no one says, ah. I shouldn't have done it. was good. Unfortunately, it's not that way, because it has a terrible effect physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Has a terrible effect. The anger really has a koyach to affect your your name and your soul. Now, again, a person is allowed to get angry as long as he doesn't, you know, scream, yell. You know, but humans, you get hurt. You know, you you get angry. But the trick, what he's trying to explain is like don't break things, because the, there's a clipper that comes into the person and into his name, and that ruins the money that he has. A, a, a guy once told me many years ago that, an interesting story told me, he got very angry at his wife in the morning. He got up, and they had a disagreement. He got really, really angry. That afternoon, he made a terrible decision and he lost $17,000. I mean, 20 minutes after, he said, what did I just do? But he, he signed something and it was a, he said he once heard me speak about this, he wanted to learn this Torah. And this is what Rabbi Nachman does say very clearly. Often, it doesn't always work this way. And we tell people, not always things work, chak, chak, you're angry, you lose the money. But it has such an effect. Anger has the effect that a person could lose his money. That's why being calm, is so important. Now, it's difficult. Being not angry is a difficult trait. The only way to, you know, I'll say a personal thing. Many, many years ago, I went through a very tough time in my life and I had a lot of anger. Every Rosh Hashanah, I tell people and I tell myself, I wanna change one thing this year. See, if you come to Rosh Hashanah and you tell yourself you're gonna change a lot of things, you're not gonna change anything. I tell my one thing, I focus. I remember that. Yeah, I decided I'm not gonna be angry. That's where I focus, and it worked, marvelous. Now I tell you even more interesting. In 9/11, which was a 2001, I decided I this year, I'll do it again. Now I went to Uman in 9/11. Believe it or not, I did go. It was a few days before, a week before Shoshone, If you remember that, 9/11, and. And uh, you know, and Lufthansa said, no problem, we're going to have a plane back for you. There is no problem. So I took a plane from Kiev to Frankfurt, I think, or, yeah, it was Frankfurt. Yeah, and the plane connection left. And, you know, every, every, a lot of people missed the plane, it wasn't just me. And they were f- screaming at whoever, the ladies behind the desk. And I told myself, I just told myself, I'm not gonna be angry. And I walk up to the desk and I tell her, you have a tough job. Everyone is venting the anger and you have nothing to do. And she smiles, you're right, I have a tough job. And I said, what are you gonna do? You know, I gave her my ticket and said anything. Without question, she put me up in an incredible hotel and and I didn't ask for kosher food, I didn't dream about it. She sent kosher food and sent a basket of fruit. That was an incredible story. I didn't allow the anger to get to me. Now your person can work on it. I'm not I'm Tom, It's difficult to change raises. Person gets angry, but you can change if you think about it, talk about it, calm yourself down. And it is one of the reasons you should not be angry. Every time you are angry, tell yourself, maybe I'm losing money now. Maybe I just lost a good deal. Because anger makes, Ram Nachma says, lose money. No one wants to lose money, you know. You know you'll get angry if you, uh, because your wife is spending too much money, and now you're gonna lose money twice. It's not worth being angry. He says, this is what he says, deprives a person of money he ought to have so know that when the evil inclination, if you read page 601, the evil inclination incites you to, uh, you to anger, at the very moment some sum of money is being sent down to you from on high. It's a frightening thing what Amnachim says. All of a sudden you have this Yitzhak to be angry. You should be aware that maybe Hashem is sending you a big sum of money now. And listen to what he says. And the evil inclination wants to spoil this influx and bounty through the anger that is sending you away. Since anger the shop, the influx of bounty and wealth. This is a very frightening, Rav uh, Nachman's words. He says, Yitzh- sometimes you're supposed to, today, a great deal is supposed to come through you. The hard knows about this. He doesn't want you to get that money. And he's going to work hard to get you angry. So the money should be diverted someplace else. Because as much as Yetzirah wants you to be a workaholic and, and you know, not to, to do the right things and to learn and to daven, in the other way, he also wants us to be poor. Because then you're going to be busy trying to make money and then you're surely not going to. So anger has the koyach to push away money, he says. And again, the reason is because money comes from the same place as your soul comes. And when you get angry that's why people want money. And when the, you get anger, and inside of Nachman explains, it hits your name. your name and your soul is one. And it puts a blemish there, so the money just slips away in the wrong place. But we all have this. Sometimes you have, he's going to say this, sometimes if you have money and you get so angry, you lose the money. So you might not get the money or you might lose the money. The truth is, one of the ways I taught myself not to be angry was I saw it doesn't help for anything. I went through a very tough time 24 years ago, and I and I, someone asked me, I, "You know, walk around so angry?" As I was expected. Said so I realized being angry, depressed, in English you say pouty, pouty, you say pouty, there's not going to help. It didn't help me being angry. I didn't see that I'll be angry or depressed. is going to change my situation. It doesn't. And even now, when I have a hard time, I always tell myself, today, is God, it's very annoying what I have to do. Last week, one day, I had to do something very annoying. And I told myself, I know I should, you know, I feel like I was going to plot. And I told myself, it's not going to help anyone. So the more you tell yourself this, and the more you tell yourself everything is about shared, you tell yourself today, tomorrow, and, 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 and uh, you know, the rest of the week, you know, things are gonna happen that we don't like. See, many people walk around thinking that everything is gonna be smooth sailing, and they're caught off guard, and boom! You know, like being a new father, someone just guy tells me, he didn't sleep last night. I says, welcome to raise children. And I tell them, the baby didn't let you sleep. That's part of having a baby. Welcome, you know. But I, you know, the, having expectations that everything is going to be smooth gets people angry. No, not is going to be smooth. Something is going to happen. Something good is something bad. It's life. It's the challenge. I let me tell you how I tell myself. I remember many years ago I was standing in the in, in, in JFK airport, and there was an airline if you remember called TWA we were grounded because there was a snowstorm. And we're all waiting in the airport. I'm gonna fly, now I'm gonna fly. And there was a lady running around taking notes of the plane. and then I walked over to her, what is your job? He says, My, we have a team, we're three people. Our job is when things go wrong, we jump into action. You know, this, this is the problem. Someone's gotta jump into action to know what to do. You know, the snowstorm, what do we do? So I didn't realize that the airline has someone what their job is, trouble. This is the job. So, so I, I said to myself, this is what life is all about to us too. We are hired by Hashem, wants us to raise our children, wants us to raise our family, and we troubleshooters too. We have two jobs. When it's good and when things are bad, we're hired for that. I, I, unfortunately, I once told a parent who had two twins born who were Tay-Sachs. And it was horrible. It was just horrible. And I tried to give them chizik and I said if, imagine, someone of Beverly Hills, or someone would have this, and would say to you, we're going to pay you five million dollars to raise these two children until they expire. They don't live long. You wouldn't have taken personally, right? You would have said, you know, five five is not enough. We'll add ten million dollars. You know, uh, the, the money, whatever the money is going to do, right? Hashem gave you this thing. There's a reason why Hashem put you into this situation? Baruch HaShem, he had, he had other children who were well. Hashem put you in this situation. You know, the, no one asked it. And it don't, if you look at it this way, you could cope with things. We all have challenges in life, all of us. No one, there's nothing, you know, there's no one who builds a family who doesn't have challenges. One child could turn out great. And one child could give you a heartache. And one child is not well. And the, the business is going. And it's not going. Someone cheated you. Last week, someone complained to me. Terrible. Someone cheated him out of a business deal. I said, okay. There's nothing to do. We went through the Aloha. The business is not going to help him. The courts, he can't go. I said, finish. you got to say, it's this is what Hashem wants. Life is not. He's young. He's quite newlywed. Not always everything is smooth. Not as part of life. Once a person realizes that, it's much easier not to get angry. People get so quickly angry with they expect everything should be perfect. Today is a beautiful day. It's a stunning day today. I guarantee you, all of us at the end of the day is going to have some pain. There's no such a thing. A day goes by without pain. It could be your child in the stomach is not going to act well, and it could be, uh, you know, someone's going to insult you or. or the sh- you know something we can harvest even though it's beautiful and you plan to have a beautiful day every day has its pain and if you watch it it's that's how it is just a person who says this is what Hashem wants and this is how I'm gonna live with the more you accept it the more happy you are the less angry you are it's very important but that's why meditation helps so much because we forget that Hashem runs the world. See, we always think we're in charge of. Oh, we're in charge. Then you know he did it to me. Hashem runs the world. Two people could go into the same exact business. For one person it works incredible well. Other person is struggling. I've seen this not once and not twice. The same business, and both are go getters. I don't know. The wants him to go and not to go. It's, it's in, in many, many ways this way in your life. So, what Nachman says, the important thing is to believe that Rabbi Shalom runs the world and don't let anger get you. Now, it's, I always tell myself, probably I will get angry. And I do get angry. Moshe Beine also got angry. But we got to do our best. The less angry we are, the better Panos is going to be. That's what Nachman says. <clears throat> this is number three. He says, no. Too, that even if the spiritual influx has already reached a person and has already taken the form of money, and this person already possesses the money, nonetheless, the evil one can sometimes incite a person to such tremendous anger, get him all wound up to anger, that it's actually caused him to waste and lose even the money he already has. This is really frightening. I once uh, someone told me he has so a, a, many years, many many years ago. He says I had, he, had, he has an uncle. He wasn't young, and he lost all his money. And he told me that maybe it's but this title for Nachmi says as he, he somehow a, he got a little older. He became a very angry person. For some reason he says he does. He's a Holocaust survivor. This this goes many years ago, and he was, became angry and bitter, and uh, and uh, he lost all his money. I'm, I'm talking person worth a hundred million dollars. Not talking, you know. Lost, you know, it's silly investment. Boom. Time he, he passed away, he thinks there was maybe four million dollars in after his name. a person that was so wealthy. But it's what he's saying, Nachman the how did do this? And he sometimes the you know, is out to get us. You know, he's always out to get us, but sometimes with the money. <laughs> so may Hashem guard us and rescue us from despicable trait, or well, may maybe his will That's one thing what Nachman says over here. It's, I just want to reiterate this because, you know, and, you know it's, it's very important. And, and the less a person is angry, the better is relationship with people in Hashem. And we do get angry, but the question is also how we calm ourselves down, what we tell ourselves. Okay. Then it goes up, number 69. He says, the gravity of prohibition against stealing the gazach. you know, stealing money is a, is a horrendous. Now, most people think stealing is if I go into the bank, I pull out a revolver, and I say, money, money or life. People think, that's, that's stealing, you know. But if I'm not honest in business, oh, it's not called stealing. That's business. I once told a guy who was telling me his business, I said, you're not honest. No, this is business. No, no, I told him (laughs) you're (laughs) Ganov. He's trying to tell me that's business. I said, no, this is Geneva. He was doing something and he wasn't going to report, you know, selling an item and he wasn't going to, he was going to, the advertisement was going to be wrong, put a different amount. It's Geneva. Literally, people think that stealing is only, I tell them, when I teach the teenagers, I tell them there's two ways you could steal. You could, now I tell them three ways. You could steal with a gun, you could steal with your tongue, and you could steal with the internet, with writing. You know three ways? I'm not, I don't pull out a gun. I says when you lie, try to explain to people, when you go to the bank and you get a loan because you lied and wrote the wrong papers, you're a gunner. The bank was not gonna give you loan if your credit is so low. It's a high risk, and you lie to them. So that's also stealing. People think, well, I you know, I didn't steal, I plan to give the money back. Very, very nice, but the bank wasn't given give it to you. You know, some some of the bank robbers says, When I'll get the money I hit the jackpot, I'll bring back the money too. And the bank says, right now, you don't have a good credit, we are not risking the money. Somebody gave you the money, that's what in the Shachan is called stealing. Many people don't realize this. Or you sell something and you're not honest. But you, the item that you're selling, this guy told me, he put labels on it that it's supposed to be nine ounces, and he only put six ounces, or the, whatever, I forgot he told me. And he, uh, he, so the, anyways, the, what I'm saying, but what does stealing do, he says. I'm very when a person steals, it's a terrible thing, because unfortunately, you have to come down again to this world and, uh, and be mistaken in this. You know, I tell people, I always tell people we are how does it go recycle these in English? We are recycled souls. We are we one time here and we blew it, and we have another opportunity to fix it and to have a good life and a, a holy life and a total life, halacha life to to fix what we messed. Why you know stealing stealing. You know, like it's a horrible thing because then you have to come down again and pay back the people that you stole from. So, anyway, he says the prohibition against stealing is extremely grateful. When a person steals someone else's money, he robs him of his children. When you steal money from someone, you can literally rob his children. That is, the robber takes the victim's children. If the victim does not have yet children, the robber can steal from him so he would not have children in the future. Now, I want to explain this. You know, many people have asked me this Torah. It first it means it's possible that a person could lose his children if he was robbed by someone. But Rem Nachman does say, Ribnasana explains, when a person to the he could the Ban could change the situation. And it's very interesting today, Bar Hashem, I always point this out, we're living in a situation that not having children becomes rarer and rarer. With the medical manipulation. You know, like people ask me always these questions about when it's coming much to rear not to have children because they could. They are. I know someone who literally cannot have children because, uh, you know, whatever the physical things they have, but it's much more rare. But Ramnussen explains in this study he says that even if this happens, someone rob you, and sometimes that could, you could lose your children that way, davening will restore it. And he, you know, this is a, but, the Avla of stealing could do. You see what Abnachmish is trying to tell us. You know, when you steal, it's not always, you know, many people, it's, it's, you know, I'll give back to him. Hey, well, but a dollar. I once, uh, I was learning a liquid, and there was a guy who wasn't so well, and he went to someone who was a very wealthy, like one of these big wealthy people, who was extremely wealthy, it was worth a, hundred, a few hundred million dollars, Someone said it was the Reichman. Someone said he knew him from, from yeshiva. Someone said it was another wealthy. He says, can, can you lend me $5,000? Okay, when are you going to give it back? When are you going to give it back? He says, when you need it, I'll give it back to you. <laughs> you know, at least he was upfront. You know, I said, I said, when you need it, I'll give it back to you. But many people in the borrow money, their attitude is, as a rabbi, I sit in the attitude is, what does he need the money for? <laughs> what is it? He's a wealthy man. A guy once said to me, what are you talking about? You took a loan. You, you, have, to pay, you have to sell your house to pay him the loan. Where am I going to live? He says, this is a true story. I, I told a guy, you have to sell your house to pay the loan. He says, Rabbi, where am I going to live? Your rent. It's very high, the rent here. You're going to live in Virginia. It's not the, uh, the guy who gave you the loan's headache where you're going to live. You took a loan, you have to pay it back. And if you don't pay it back, you're a ganav. It's very, very, you know, people don't realize that. It's, you know, people, this is, unfortunately, whatever the, you know, it comes to money, people, you know, don't see it the right way. Money is very blinding. But Ram Nachman is saying it has even a different effect. It literally has to destroy the other person when you steal money, he says. <clears throat> Then he says another. He says, when a person steals money, it could ruin his own shalom bayit. Because very, very interesting. I'm going to say something very interesting, and men have to hear this. Maybe the woman not, but men surely have to hear this. The Zoy says the money, the blessing of money is in the muzzle of the wife. How much money you're gonna make, how wealthy you're gonna make, how your money is, is dependent literally on your wife. And the Zoyiz says, you see by Avram, because of the story of Imelech and Paroi gave a lot of money to Avram because of his wife Sarah. So the Zoy says. The bracha of the money comes from, the Gemara, Robert said, you know, I, I tell people, I'll joke, I I'll joke with people, my shul, they read the pitamak toitus on the wall. It's a zgula it for money. I says, that zgula, you, know, uh, you know, everyone could do. But the Gemara, I don't even know where the zgula comes from, but the Gemara says a zgula, and if you do it, the Gemara says, it's, it's called bodik imanusa." But it means it was checked and it was proven. What? Respect your wife. Rava said, "Do you want to be wealthy? Respect your wife." I was once sitting in. I was sitting. I was sitting at a at a wedding, and the Rosh tells this young guy. You know, and the Ksuba says two things. The says, "Anu I'm going to work. He says, I know you're gonna make a living and support your wife. I'm not afraid. You know what the next phrase says? That's very difficult. What does it mean? You know, it's very difficult. I'm gonna respect my wife. That he said to him is more difficult. But but the the, the, the Gemara says, if you respect your wife, then your panossa will be better. You'll become rich. What happens Ibn Nachmus says, when you steal money for someone else, you get disconnected from your wife, and your mind is like floating another woman in the world. You are not a man, and a wife. His thoughts, his you know, his sexual thoughts should be with his wife, not with another person. And if a person you know steals money, all of a sudden his mind is wandering in other places. That causes by stealing money, because then you're not connected to your civic amity. Zivigamiti is your wife, and uh, you know you you should be focused on there, and your blessings will come from there. I'm not giving a Sean bias class here, but I'm just uh, talking about money over here. What did you say? Happened for one of the things the second bias was sinus Now, sinus comes very often with money. What does that mean? You have a competition. And it's competing. The says, the, it's a phrase the Gemara uses, you are angry and hate your competitor. When someone tells you, you know, to tell you an interesting thing, hate is fed with jealousy. If someone hurts me, I don't hate him. I'm annoyed. He hurt me. Hate is always fed because you're jealous of the person. Someone hate, hurt you, insulted you, you just hurt. I mean, why did you do it? I don't want to deal with this guy. This guy is an insulting guy. But when this deep hate is always comes, when it's fed, that's why the medrash says Sinai is called Sinai, Har Sinai, the Mount Sinai. It's the same words as sinner because the going, the, the secular world became jealous and brought sinner. Jealousy creates hate. Do you really hate a guy? It's You don't know, hate the guy, you know, a few months ago I was standing in the corner trying to cross and a guy drive by, screams, he dirty Jew." You know, I looked at him. You know, uh, he's an anti-Semite, and now what? I didn't lose sleep over it. You know, nothing happened. And I grew up uh, hearing these uh, slurs in Williamsburg. I mean, that's what it is. It is what it is. But if your spouse, or someone close to you, says a comment which is hurtful, you—that's deeply hurting. And if it's a person who you are jealous, that's gonna be wow. So, what happens is the Bismigdish was because there was sinas schinam. Sinna hating for no reason. There's, there's a havas schinam too. Havas schinam means you really, really want to love for no reason. Many people have a hard time. Love is a very, very difficult thing. I want to just add to the end of the sheer. You know, in this week's Pasha, we just learned. The frightening verse. Why was the harbon besimikdish? The Torah says the harbon besimikdish. You know, let me just introduce. The Gemara says, by the maraglem we cried. You know, which night we cried? It was the night of tishabav B'av. Hashem says, you cried that night for no reason. I'm going to make the night of tishabav a crying for generations. So the Rabbana explains that many of the many 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 explain. It wasn't just a day. The sin of the meraglim was the direct cause for the harum of Now, why is that? Why was, this the, why was that the direct cause? You know, David HaMelech made Tehillim. Tehillim, the Zoe says, represents all. Yeresh Shemayim, all of wrote the palm, the song of songs, which is called Shir which is a love song. King Solomon represented love. He was this great passion and love which Shira Shiram is based on. The Song of Song is a poem of how do you say it? love, a, a poem of love. A love poem. And he built the Bisamigdish The Bisamigdish is based on the love that God loves us. That you know, you know, certain when a when a couple really like each other, certain things represent their love. The, the ring that he bought by each other, and the gift and the caring they do for each other, certain things shows continuously their devotion to each other. The Bessamikdish was the love that Hashem gave it to us. The Klaw Yisul accused Hashem, but the Maraglem, the, the Torah says, You really hate us, he took us to Mitzrayim. You want us, you know, you want us out of the way? You want to kill us? accused Hashem, Hashem hates us you, know, you have to be absurd but that's what they said, they came to this crazy conclusion that really Hashem you know, you, I always tell this to young newlyweds, never say you get into an argument you never loved me, you know young people love to say that, you know, you never loved me at the first argument young, young girls especially because you know they think that if they don't see eye to eye you didn't love them because if you did love me you have to agree to me but, you know, but why shouldn't you say it? Because you say that, you undermine the basis of your shalom bias. We love each other. We are there for each other. We're fighting now. We do a disagreement. It's not the end of the world. Don't get so shaken up. But people, young people have this, and they say, you ne- you undermine, you never loved me. The undermining of the thing is which which Claudia said to Shem, you hated us. You never loved me. It's like a guy says to the girl, "You know what? You married me. You wanted my money. You never, you never loved me." That's in trouble. That's the worst thing to say. You could sell to your wife, "I'm annoyed at you. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. I don't like what you did to me. You ignored me." Don't become, you know, global. I tell this. Thing. I'm, I'm sure no one needs it here. I'm just about to tell the young people. You become so global. People come because you're undermining the basis. Yisrael undermined the basis of the love of Hashem to them by telling Hashem, You really don't like me. Hashem, they told Hashem in the pasture, You hated us. So, what is the tikkun for this? So, the Sasemis says an incredible thing. The tikkun for this is, is to tell yourself, God loves me. The more you tell yourself that Hashem loves you, the more it's called hamtokas hadinim. That means the, the dinim, the, the sharp dinim. Dinim is the sharpness, the trouble we go through in life. It sweetens the pain. We all have our you know difficulties in life. Whatever it is, when a person says every day, Hashem really loves me. The pain that you have will get diminished and it could disappear. Because if the charn bismindish was, we could accuse Hashem, you hate us. So the binyam bismindish, the taken is, you haven't noticed there are people who act like everyone loves them. You do love them for that. Anyone who raises, I have a client, a bunch of children. Some of the children are easy to love because they always feel loved by everyone. So it's easy to love them. When a person feels, you know, I'm not lovable, it is difficult to love them. That's It's a reality. When you act, act. You know, I'm lovable. Everyone likes me. You act this way, you're going to be loved. You know, love yourselves, and others are going to love you. Hate yourself, and others are going to hate you. People walk around with, I said, self loathing. Loathing is how you say in English? Hatred. Hatred, self loathing. People don't like them. When a guy walks around, he, he likes himself. He's a schmuck. People like him. Even young children, a child who acts like so loving and he thinks that everyone loves them, people love them. When you walk around thinking Hashem is loving me, you would feel the love of Hashem. And that's called, in, in Kabbalah, it's called Am tokas hadinim, the sweetness of the din, means the harshness. Your davening will be more accepted. You need panasi davening, or you need children, or you need whatever Yeshua, sure, the davening will help. But you gotta, you know, continue to say yes. Hashem really loves me. Many people have this problem. It's hard for them to believe that Hashem can love them. You know, yes, we have failures. We have shortcomings. We have done things we shouldn't be done. But Hashem really loves you, and He wants you to become better. A person has a child. You know, no matter what his child does, he tries to, hopefully, the child is going to become better. And if the child becomes better, he's going to love the child forever. This is how we are to Hashem. Yes, we made mistakes, sometimes willingly, sometimes unwillingly, sometimes with anger. But when we do tshuva, Hashem is going to, you know, you're going to be incredible close to Him. That is a challenging thought. A thought to think that the Rabbani truly loves me. I always tell myself, the fact that my heart is beating and I woke up this morning... I'm alive. Hashem loves me. The people didn't wake up. A guy called me this week. A guy from, uh, you know, says his brother, the young man, just didn't wake up in the morning last week. They don't know. They have no idea. He was supposed to get married. And if he's engaged, that's really frightening. A young guy. The people is, uh, we have, do we know why? We don't always know why. But the fact that you're alive, Hashem wants you. You are wanted by Hashem. It's a great feeling to be wanted. Any questions? Yeah? I a little bit of clarity about the idea of the Shema and Nefesh and Ammon, money, and it's like all interpenetrates each other. Well, and uh, Ronachman in, Insight has a long discussion, and it's a very deep Kabbalistic explanation. But the nefesh of a person and the name is very connected. Nefesh Chaya Hi Shemoi. It's not just physical, it's spiritual. Your name to you is a very, it is, your name is. You never notice that when you call someone in the sleep with their name, they wake up immediately. Call the guy with the wrong name, he doesn't wake up. Your name is a wake up call, it's you you wake up. So your name of a person is a, is a very powerful thing, the name of a person. And it's connected to his nefesh. And when, when the name is connected to his nefesh and you a person gets angry, mm-hmm. you ever notice when you get angry, you feel physically terribly. And then it's not just physically, your nefesh feels it. The nefesh is their it's the feelings, the feeling is connected to the nefesh. You feel terrible. And it has, this is what we feel, but it really goes to the neshama too. And that pushes away the money because the nefesh comes from the same place as the money. So they're disconnected from Nachman explains. Yes? Are you distinguishing between the emotion of anger and how you act out? How you act out. Because when a person gets angry, see you notice when you get angry, it's not the end of the world. When you act out your anger, that's when you get sick. We all got angry and nothing happened when we started, you know, yelling and and who knows what. I was very angry last week at a certain situation. I kept my I kept my mouth shut. (laughs) I didn't say nothing. I get angry. Yeah, of course. I'm not I'm not made out of plastic. I felt sure. (laughs) Yeah, I felt, but nothing. You know, it's there's nothing but a person. Takes his anger and throws things and yells. And you know, that is, you feel the whole, your whole you don't feel good about it. I always tell people, that, that I said this before, that no one yells and screams after a good fight. And he says, you know, the trader wants me to have Sean Bias, but it was a good fight. Uh, it was good. It's geschmack. It was, uh, you feel so sick about it. You feel so silly about it. Unfortunately, when you do something illegal, you watch a movie you shouldn't be watching, you know that, and watch something. Yeah, but well it's good. I shouldn't have watched it, but deep down, you know, something. Yes. <laughs> nefesh. The nothing in the nefesh. Well, probably. probably. Many people think that way. <laughs> yes, that's true. Shnei says many people think. If only my boss, I'll make double the salary, then everything will be great. Yes. anti sand yeah, of I mean, course. There's, there's, uh, uh, the uh, the Bani Shalom uh, wants the snake to wake up in the morning too, and the scorpions. He does the evil and and the uh, germs and uh, the, the the viruses. There's a there's a there's a reason for all that, yes. I've giving Meister very with, with the yeah, Meiser is yes. Give Meiser. it's a whole separate issue that makes the Bani 10% thigh. It. And yeah, that is a whole different. Monday we'll discuss it how that works. That still comes from a different angle. All different, yes. You see, ma- you see that that's a money. You know, the great Sadiqim couldn't care about money. I grew up with a great satmar Abba. He literally gave away every penny that anyone gave him, he gave away. Uh, that's on. I, he didn't just give for wow. He gave, any person came to him. He was, a, he was a, I'm talking about the Yoilish uh, who lived there after the war. He was an incredible, I mean, the, the tzaddikim didn't want the money. They rather, you know, they gave it away for tzaddikim. By the way, great tzaddikim who had an incredible amount of money. The Gemara says Rabbinia who wrote the Mishnah, was very wealthy. Rabash, who wrote the Gemara, was very wealthy. Moshe was very wealthy, the Gemara says. The the, the, the the was the yeah, well, it's very hard for us to imagine. The, the, well, they, the Baal let me just say Baal Shemtev. Shem never went to sleep if there was a penny left in the house. Twice he couldn't fall asleep, and he asked his wife, "Is it possible that we left money?" Twice she admitted. Both times she hid the money because she was afraid that I got breakfast tomorrow morning. <laughs> you have to remember the Bashemtev didn't have a freezer full of food. You know what I mean? They didn't have two freezers. I, I have. We have two freezers at home. You know, my wife has. Can, I, can I know But you know what I mean? And, and if you don't have a freezer, you know Ralph's is down the block. You know, no one is nervous that the. But hey, imagine the Bashiyemtiv living in the in the village. He literally made sure no money. That's other had such great faith. We're not up to that level. I'm not. I'm not expecting everyone to give every penny away today. We should give our share of stock It would be great too. Yes. Because we don't waste money. We make sure the money is not wasted. Money is not the. Yeah, he gave it back to Tzedakah to help people, how what to eat. But we, what do you say? How about yourself your family? Yeah, for yourself and family. Well, if I, I am saying, Tzedekim was so great, they, were, they knew that tomorrow they gonna have money to feed the, the family. We're not such Tzedekim, so we're not so, we feel insecure to do it. But, uh, but the great Tzedekim, the Bar Shem Yaakov, he's asking Rukashi, Yaakov went back to get the small pots and pans he left behind. Because he says, yes, he was very wealthy. But it's hard-earned money, kosher money. I don't want to waste the kosher money. I'd rather give it to tzedakah. You don't waste it. Okay.